Kristaps Porzingis is one of the biggest regression candidates for this season. In today's show, we're talking about the top nine regression guys for the 2023 NBA season for fantasy basketball. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to BirdDogs.com slash Locked on NBA, or enter the promo code Locked on NBA for a free water bottle with any purchase. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. Thank you for making Locked on Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Quick note, yesterday, Lakers preview show, there was an entry form to enter the Locked on Fantasy Basketball Bowl, and some of the questions, all of the questions apart from one, were copied across from the Clippers one, and I forgot to change it. I'm not going to go in now and... Uh, alter it so just answer the Clippers questions in there to get into the Lakers uh, um, divisions in the bowl it doesn't really matter that much it's just a way of me collecting people's interest and working out exactly who watched the show the secret question there is still the Lakers one but I apologize for that little uh, that little screw up there will be more season preview shows coming today Uh, Memphis Grizzlies and Milwaukee Bucks I believe is coming today I have sent out invitations from the Hawks, Celtics, Nets, Hornets, and Bulls shows. So check those out. If you're waiting on invitations for the FBI LOFB World Cup, B-Dub is sorting those out. Don't worry, you will get them. And they will come out probably in the next week, I would guess, maybe next three or four days. I know he's over halfway through them, and the rest will come out. So don't panic about that. All right. We're talking regression candidates for this upcoming season. So, trying something new here. Let's see how I get it to work. Warnie. Let's get it on, Gilly. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Well, I don't know what happened there. I was too busy looking at the graphic on the screen. The number one, well, am I rating these? Maybe? Am I ranking them? I don't know if I'm ranking them, but Christos Porzingis is a huge, huge regression candidate for this upcoming season. I, I don't think that should be controversial. Maybe it is. Porzingis. Christaps averaged over 42 fantasy points. And the reason I'm starting this with fantasy points, those of you who play category leagues will be punching the air. And those of you who play points leagues will be punching the air for a different reason. All right. The reason that when I talk regression is it's just, it's a lot easier to talk regression improvement from a fantasy points perspective because rankings are, are can be different in category leagues, but also the, the rankings and valuations of players aren't a static number. They change based on the valuations of other players. So you could put up literally the exact same numbers that you did last season, but if other players do better around you, you might drop 10 spots. So it looks like you've gotten worse, but you've actually stayed the same. So that's why when looking at these improvements and decline sort of shows, I like to use fantasy points as some sort of a baseline. It still translates across. If someone I think is going to drop in fantasy points, they're probably still going to drop in category leagues. But in order to more provide that um, static sort of a number, I think looking at fantasy points is, is a better way of doing that. Um, 
Yeah, Porzingis averaged 42 fantasy points last season as you could argue the best player on the Wizards. I don't I don't think there's a huge argument against that. He was definitely the second usage player for most of the season, um, but he's no longer on the Wizards. He played 33 minutes a night. He stayed healthy, which was always a possibility, despite what you know the, the concerns that people had. I was big on him in drafts. Loved grabbing him in the 40s last season. Said ad nauseum, this is top 20, top 15 upside player. And it worked out close enough to that. Because for category leagues, which is what that minus one rank is, he was the 21st ranked player per game last season. He had a usage of 27%. But I will be absolutely flummoxed, staggered, um, if he does those things again. I don't think he hits 40 fantasy points. I don't think he goes anywhere near 27 usage. 33 minutes, possible. But there is also Al Horford and Rob Williams there. Now, he will be the priority because he's very, very good. He's a very good player. But I also don't think that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are suffering gigantic usage hits to keep Porzingis at 27. They'll both stay in that 20 or 30 to 28 zone. And Porzingis might be 24, 22, 23 around that mark. I don't even know exactly where. Let's have, what do I have Porzingis usage projected at for this season? I've got him... Um, well, that's the wrong page. Let's bring it up in a second. I've got his usage projected. I've got him. I've actually got him projected scoring under or around twenty points per game, not fantasy points, but around twenty uh, real life points per game. I've got his fantasy points down under thirty seven per game. So that is a pretty significant difference. I've got his usage down from twenty seven to twenty four, uh, twenty three and a half actually. Um, his ADP has reflected a little bit of this. That's basically the same. ADP that he had last season. I've actually got last season's ADP numbers in front of me, so I can have a look at that to see exactly where he was. Where he was, he had a 47 ADP last season. So he's he obviously killed that number, but he is below that. I think that 43 is totally reasonable, but that also almost I think represents best case. I think he hits that if he stays relatively healthy, but we're not even pricing an injury risk into that spot. So I'm just not massively keen on what Porzingis is going to do. I think he is one of the, if not the largest regression risk candidate in the uh, entire NBA for this upcoming season. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs provide shorts that are comfortable. Simple as that, straight up cloud knit fabric, Provides this great feeling of uh, slimming down your thighs, but also a great level of support. And they just look like your regular sort of khaki shorts. They're designed to fit slimmer through the through the, through the thigh. That's a hard phrase to say. And they do the same sort of thing as like a Lululemon sort of pant, but they just look way better. Because these things, you don't have to wear them just to go to the gym or to go and hoop. That sounds... Saying hoop sounds so American. It just doesn't sound natural to me. Anyway... You wear them to do whatever you want. Go to the bar, go to your mate's house for a barbie, go to the shop, go to Bunnings for a snag and pick up some stuff and no one will know what that is apart from the 20% of Australians who watch this. But that is what your bird dogs can do. I've got them on right now for a real sexy Saturday here. Got my thighs looking plump, got everything looking fantastic because of bird dogs. So you go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA, enter the promo code LockedOnNBA at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you. Hmm, we do. That'll bring us into talk about the next um, the next player that we're going to look at for a regression. And I am going to go to Philadelphia to talk about Kelly Oubre Jr. This is one of those ones where this guy has 
for some reason, a lot of fans. I didn't really expect that there would be people that would come at me, come at me in a very polite way. Let's be fair. No one's really yelling at me about Cali Oubre. Um, and telling me about, you know, or questioning why I'm down on Kelly Oubre for this upcoming season. Oubre last season, there is absolutely no denying because these are facts. He scored 32 fantasy points per game. He played 32 minutes a night and had a usage of almost 26%. That is all real. He did all of that stuff. Now, that minus one, it looks like I've forgotten a space on that. He was 109th for category leagues in minus one rank. That's not particularly good. But he was able to just do what needed to be done on that Hornets team. He was 73rd in points league value per game. He had his own injury issues. He only played 48 games. And he scored 20 real-life points per game. Um, But now he heads to Philadelphia. And people look at this and go, well, Josh, James Harden's on the way out. Um, So Oubre has got this big runway. And no, he doesn't. And I'll tell you why he doesn't. Because in Charlotte, their two best players played like 25 games last season. LaMelo Ball. Injured basically all season. Miles Bridges, shiploked his way to zero games. So Ubre took on a large scoring uh, opportunity. Not to mention there were injuries to Gordon Haywood. Um, there was, uh, Rogier was injured at points as well during the season and he was playing more of a point guard role. And Ubre and Co- Cody Martin was out all year as well. So he was able to do a ton of stuff. And in Philadelphia, if James Harden is traded, and let's hypothetically say that nobody comes back and they don't even get assets, nothing, right? They get draft picks, which is honestly just never going to happen. But if that happens, Ubre is still the third scoring option, maybe the fourth behind Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, and maybe Tobias Harris. Does he even start? Will they give that role to DeAnthony Melton? I'm not imagining that Nick Nurse would be the biggest fan of what Kelly Ubre does and doesn't do on the court. His ADP is reflecting this. I, I think there, if we do see a hardened trade happen, I think that ADP will rise. It's at 144 for Ubre, and I just, I just don't see it. Look, especially for category leagues, absolutely no interest in him at all. But even that points league number of 32 fantasy points, I don't see how he gets look rem- remotely close to it. Like he might not even hit that. Like he might hit that. We'll miss it by 10 points. Like easily, he might not even hit 24, 22, 20 fantasy points. He scores, he doesn't do anything else, and to score, you need a lot of usage. And towards the end of last season, he was putting up a 27 usage. He was putting up huge numbers. And I just don't think that there's any real um, value in that. Now, last season, he came off the bench for eight games. He played 27 minutes, and he scored 21 fantasy points in those eight games in 27 minutes. Because the way that he was able to thrive was starting Kelly Oubre, Sorry, I know people always complain, man, if I listen to podcasts and you don't say the player's name often enough, I get lose track of it. And I'm sorry about that. Um, so I'm going to try just randomly throw names in Kelly Oubre um, into the mix. So look, is that a decent look at what Oubre could do this season? 27 minutes a night, 22 fantasy points? Yeah, I actually think it is. I think that's reasonable for him to be in a, if it is a bench role or a starter's role, it just, it's almost impossible. I can't even squint and look at Ubre doing anything remotely close to that, has to be considered one of the biggest regression candidates in the entire NBA. Let's go to another one who really did benefit from injuries last season, and that is Boyan Bogdanovich in Detroit. Bogdanovich, nearly all of these guys played 32 minutes apparently last season. Bogdanovich played 32 minutes. He averaged 29, 29.82 fantasy points in his time uh, in Detroit. 
what happened? Why was he able to do this? Well, again, without context, and this is when people, I have people many times that will say, I use last year's numbers just to draft off. You're going to make significant errors if you do that. And you can say, well, I'll just avoid the guys who are going to change. Well, that's why you don't use last year's numbers. It's because you go in and you have to project what the changes are. So even if you're using your your brain or you're just on site adjusting guys based on different situations, you, that's literally your projections, right? That's what you're changing. So Bogdanovich played 32 minutes. He might still do that. He also might get traded midseason. But, you know, this Pistons team, who knows? They do dumb stuff all the time. And it is always hard to... um pin down exactly what their movements are because often it flies in the face of logic. He averaged almost 30 fantasy points per game last season, Boyan Bogdanovich. He did it on 26% usage. He scored almost 22 real-life points. And over the final like 17 games, he was playing 34 minutes a night, averaging 23 points and 32 fantasy points. His minus one category rank was 86th. The ADP has adjusted. So don't look at this and go, well, look how good he was last season. Why is he being drafted in round 11? There is a reason for it. His ADP is down there at 132 because he was able to do I don't even know if I've said this, but Bogdanovich was able to do all of this because Cade Cunningham played 12 games. That is it. Cade Cunningham played 12 games. Bogdanovich took on a larger role who has never been that large usage player. Um, he was the last two seasons prior to that. He was at 23 and 23 usage on those Utah teams. He played under 31 minutes. They're not saying that the Pistons team is as talented as those Utah teams because it isn't, but he's also not going to be the number one go-to scorer. They would hope, I guess, that Jaden Ivey steps into a larger role, and it's going to be Cade Cunningham. So Bogdanovich still might be the number two in terms of scoring. It's just very hard for me to see him knocking at the door of 30 fantasy points. I think he's more 25, 26, and I also think that he might not play those minutes that he did last season, and then there's also the risk of a trade that's going to screw up so much of his value. So he's got to be up there in one of the biggest regression candidates from what we did last season, Boyan Bogdanovich. Now, injuries can always change these things. Cade goes down, Bogdanovich plays the whole season, has 27 usage and plays 32 minutes and drops 32 fantasy points. Absolutely possible. But I'm not a soothsayer. I'm not out here predicting that Cade's going to play 12 games again because, again, I think that would be relatively irresponsible to project that sort of thing. So I do think that Boyan Bogdanovich is one of the top nine regression candidates across the entire NBA for fantasy basketball. Today's episode is also brought to you by DoorDash. Now, you have been using DoorDash for food deliveries. But what if you're at home, you're about to whip up a nice little breakfast for your partner, avo on toast with a bit of goat's cheese, um, some sprinkling of microherbs or parsley, and you go to the fridge and you're all out of microherbs. You're all out of avocado and you can't get to the grocery store. So DoorDash, DoorDash Groceries is here. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered or they'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourselves. You can also have that advantage of getting someone else to go around finger every avocado to see which one is rock hard or which one's got that nice ripeness with a little bit of push in the skin so you know that you can actually spread it versus knocking people out in the head because it's rock hard. You know the problem with avocados, I, I assume. We've got easy substitutions right in the app, best in-class customer support as well. DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. And you can get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use the code LOCKEDONNBA at checkout. 
To limits of time offer and terms apply. That's 50% off, up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, the code is LOCKEDONNBA for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. It's time for us to go into the next one um, to talk about a regression candidate. hope I'm on the right button here. I think I am. We're going to LA. We're talking Lakers and we're talking D'Angelo Russell, who averaged 32.22 fantasy points in an absolute shocking twist. He played 32 minutes a night last season. He had an average, uh, we had a usage of only 22.5%, which is actually lower than I thought it was. Um, a minus one rank of 62, actually pretty good as well. But is he in line to be able to do that again this season? And I would think probably not is the correct answer. Why is that? Well, last season he was in Minnesota. Carl Anthony Towns was out most of the season. So it was him and it was Anthony Edwards really as the two main usage guys for most of the season. He went to LA and he has to play next to not only LeBron James and Anthony Davis, but a rising Austin Reeves. He's got Gabe Vincent. Nap, snipping, nipping, yeah, nipping, snipping, snipping's not the right word. He's nipping at his heels, trying to get some of that role. And I, I just don't see how Russell is able to maintain 33 minutes. There's an argument he does that. 22 usage, I don't know. The final six games of last season, he had 19 usage. And that really is the Lakers' impact of Reeves and Davis and LeBron being in that mix and him not needing to be the number two option. In fact, being the number four option a lot of the time. That minus one rank of 62 last season is really good. And ADP is at 95, so it is a reduction. I'm not even sure that 95, though, is a particularly reasonable spot for him. I've got him well outside the top 100 in points leagues. I've got him averaging well under 30 fantasy points per game at like 28. Now, he will have spikes when Davis or LeBron is out. And it's up to you to figure out like how often do you think those guys are going to be out because if, if they miss 60 games combined, and then... Man, and if, what if they don't, those 60 games don't even cross over at all, then Russell's going to have a prolonged opportunity to jump at least one spot in the pecking order. Or if those 60 games do cross over and it's only 30 games with both of those guys out, then he's the number one or number two option for those 30 games, which pushes, pushes him up. I'm just not interested in looking at anything that Russell did last season, which most of it, two-thirds of the season, was, was based on the fact that he played in Minnesota. And he's adjusting again to being back in LA, but also it's just as the third, maybe fourth usage option on this team. And that's never a great spot to be. As we know, we know that the number one um, way that you're able to put up numbers in a fantasy points league is through um, usage and minutes. They're the two biggest factors. More usage, more fantasy points, more minutes, more fantasy points. So when you look at a player who's expected to decrease, in at least one of those, if not both, which I think Russell is in prime position to do, he is going to be in a pretty sizable regression slot, I would guess. Another guard. We're going to New Orleans, and it is Christian James McCullum, who last season averaged almost 37 fantasy points per game. There are, again, very, very obvious reasons behind this. Just because they're obvious, though, doesn't mean that everybody knows them. I'm going to bang it into you about these things continually. 
because it is important to always hear because there are going to be people who fly in onto this channel, into Fantasy Drafts on October the 17th. You go, all right, Josh, haven't looked at anything here. Um, why are you not taking McCollum at 60? Which is you know, where he might go and where his ADP is on certain sites. And the, those of you who have been preparing and, and understand know why. This is why. Last season, he played 35 minutes a night. That is distinctly possible that he continues that. 37 fantasy points seems relatively unrealistic. He had a usage of 26%, also relatively unrealistic. Even though, like you look at his numbers, he was 26 last season, 28 the year before, 26 the year before, 26 the year before. His minus one rank in category leagues was 66th. His ADP is 85, but he has played 10 games with Ingram and Zion. 10. It might actually be 12, but it's around that number. He's played 10 games with them. He's going to be their starter. He's probably going to play 35 minutes, I would guess. The injury to Trey Murphy means there's a little bit more importance on him because of his shooting, and they don't have anyone else who is even remotely good as a shooter. But he's not getting 26 usage on a team with Zion and Ingram healthy. Now, you might argue that those guys might only combine for 70 games again like they did last season. I would take the over on that. It is, it is They are injury-prone players. We know that, but I would still take the over on it. And like everybody, McCullum is a year older. He just turned 32, but we know that once you hit 29, it's downside. Shorter guards at age 32, the drop-off tends to be more severe, and it tends to come through efficiency and ability to get to the rim and then confidence in your shot. Not saying he's going to lose all those things. The big thing he's going to lose is, is usage here, really. Maybe he plays field in 35 minutes and Dyson Daniels is ready to step into a role. They also don't have Jose Alvarado to begin the season, so that probably helps. But again, when we look at regression, we talk about players. I look at 36.6 fantasy points last season. I just don't think there's any way he hits it. I don't, can't see how that works out. That minus one rank of 66, not a chance. Even that ADP, which is accounting for almost 20 spots down at 85, I don't, I don't want it. For Yahoo Fantasy Points, he was actually the 85th ranked player last season. Was he? No, no actually, that, that's a lie. Sorry. For Yahoo Fantasy Points, he was the 46th ranked player last season. So that's how far they've bumped him down. And I think actually that ADP for points leagues is about bang on. But for category leagues, it's way off. But I just there's no way to me he is hitting that 37-point mark. I, I, don't, I don't really see how we're getting to that. We'll talk another guard now. And this time we're going to go to as of the 23rd of September, Indiana, and talk about the big fella there who is potentially on the move, Budrick Heald. Buddy, no. could he do no. it? Could he do no. it? Is there anything the man can't do? Yeah, he can't be as good as he was last season. He played 31 minutes a night and averaged almost 30 fantasy points per game, Bud Heald. Why can't he do it again? Well, I just don't think he's going to play that many minutes. We had heard a lot from Ben Matherin in Indiana that he was going to be the starter. Hill was put on the bench in the final 10 games or so of last season, and now they can't come to a contract extension agreement, and they're pursuing a trade. Because this is, again, I said this the other day as well. This is what how I believe it went. All right, bud, you're coming off the bench, so we're going to pay you like a bench woman. He's going, bro, there's no way I'm coming off the bench. Pay me like a starter. They went, oh, cool. It's been great having you here. We will see you later. That's basically how the discussion would have gone. You're a bench player for us. No, I'm not. Cool. Um, I'll say, I don't know where he's going to go. There are situations where he might go to a team like Milwaukee and be their starter and maintain minutes at 31 a night. He's not a particularly high usage player at 21 usage last season. That's not a very high number at all. I find it hard to believe that he maintains that level of usage, even on Milwaukee, because he would be the fourth 
offensive option, go and have a look at Grayson Allen's usage numbers. They're not at 21. He might be 18. He might go to a Lakers team and play off the bench behind Reeves and Russell and have usage that stays at 21, but plays 26 minutes. So it's very hard for me to believe that both minutes and usage stay at 31 and 21 for Heald, respectively, and fantasy points at 30. I just don't see it. I already had him down on that before the news of the trade came out. And um, yeah, there's we've got the level of uncertainty surrounding Heald, along with the likelihood of a role being much less than last season. For minus one categories, he was 70th last season. His ADP is 77. That is, uh, that's a waste. Now, I will be very, very adamant this season of stressing the fact that I do not think that the, a fantasy draft is winning your, your league or that it is losing your, your league outright. There will be outliers as there is in every sort of sample of there'll be a couple of people who will go into a league and everyone doesn't know what they're doing and you dominate it, particularly in an auction format, and you get 12 top 50 players. In that case, you win your league. That's You won the draft. You did it. Or you go into a draft and you're going to take Ben Simmons at 40. I took Zion at 15. I took Ja Moran at 30. Um, and then you've lost your draft, right? That's it. That That's over. But that they are the real outliers. They're the real outliers. So when we, I don't know if you know how I got into that tangent because I'm talking about Buddy Heald here. I'm saying like at 77, like I'm not interested in taking him there at all. If you do take him there, it's not the end of the world. But if you took, say, the six other regression candidates on this list that they're ADPs or even in their last year numbers, more, more importantly, you are going to have a really hard time recovering from that. I just, again, don't see the logic in Hilton. He's one of these guys. I've got all these other players like Russell or um, McCullum to a degree or um, even Porzingis have had their ADPs knocked backwards to sort of account for some of the changes that are coming up. Heald hasn't. I think this number is going to uh, blow out a little bit now that this news has settled in in terms of the trade for Heald. But he's just someone, again, in a category league, he's not top 100 to me. And in a points league, he's probably not there either. Like last season, he was 96th in a points league, Budrick. And like 120th over the final 13 games, playing 27 minutes. Like that's that's him, right? Not Maybe not even a draftable player in a standard points league. Probably is in a category league just for the ability of threes and some scoring at decent efficiency. But he is set for a relatively sizable regression, I would guess, um, based on last year's numbers. This bloke could be Heald's future teammate, and it is Brooke Lopez, who had an unbelievable season. Now, we can go through and say that Brooke Lopez was slept on last season. Um, We discount older players too much, um, blah, blah, blah. We can say all of that stuff, but you also have to be honest with yourself when you have a 34-year-old man who hadn't hit 30 minutes in like five years coming off back surgery. Um, pretty unlikely that you want to go out and project for him to have a career year. Again, that sort of stuff is irresponsible. If it, And no one did that, right? No one no one did that. But I, I was down on him more than others. Like, I'm not even sure that we want to like draft him necessarily with the back injury, the age. Like, Where are we looking? Like, sure, last couple of rounds, let's, let's go for it. But he was amazing. I don't know that that's going to be able to continue. In fact, I'm very, very skeptical that Brook Lopez is going to be able to continue what he did last season. He averaged 33 fantasy points. He played 30 minutes a night. The other change is that they've got a new coach in Adrian Griffin. I don't know how he's going to run the defense or how he's going to run the rotations. Lopez was amazing. He jumped his usage um, up pretty high. In fact, his usage was 19% for the season, but it was like 22% over the final half of the year because Chris Middleton missed so much time. He was able to bump that number up. His minus one category rank was 36. His ADP this season is 59. 
I am expecting him to be well below that. His last 25 games last season, 19 and 7 with 2.6 blocks. Like that is ridiculous. I have got his points and scoring coming way back to earth. His usage dropping off. Um, the block rate not sticking at that number. I just think that there is just regression all over the shop here for a bloke that is, again, 35. He's not even 34. He's 35 and a half now. Um, I don't see how many of these things maintain. Now, maybe he did somehow find a fountain of youth and he does 2.7 blocks again. He goes at 18 points and averages eight rebounds. He's still really good, but at some point, it's just not going to stick. And I've just got no real confidence in him being able to maintain that. And I think he is, despite not a lot changing Milwaukee. Um, well, the big thing is actually, the, the big change there is that he's not going to be that usage guy that he was last season because Middleton, I don't know why I did that. I was meant to do fingers crossed. Middleton, he's going to be healthy. We hope. We think. We hope. Jim Harden. Um, he, look, there's so much uncertainty around where Harden is playing. He's a very good fantasy player still. You can see that. He averaged 46 fantasy points per game, Jimmy did. And despite the you know the concerns about his game, like that's still an unbelievable number. 12th in points leagues. He played 37 minutes. He had a usage of only 25%. Only 25. Because he has adjusted his role significantly on, on that Sixers team. His minus one rank was 11th. His ADP is 24. But... I don't know what's going to happen with him. Is he going to play for the Sixers? Is he going to go to another team? I don't know. I I know that Nick Nurse is the coach in Philadelphia. So those 37 minutes a night he played last season, it's reasonable to suggest he could do it again. But is he actually going to play for them? If he went to, let's say, the Clippers, the only team we've heard about, not only would you know, he wouldn't play 37 a night, I'm pretty confident in that, that 25 usage might come down because Paul George and Kawhi and Russell Westbrook are there. And he wouldn't be that clear sort of number two and always have the ball in his hand sort of a player because Paul George and Kawhi, they run a lot of the offense. And B doesn't really do it to that degree in Philadelphia. So as much as I've liked Harden for a very long time for a fantasy perspective, he suffered quite significant drop-offs in his scoring, efficiency. He got hurt a lot as well. I just don't see any of those numbers. The minus one of 11, the fantasy points at 12th, 46 fantasy points. I think he could still be over 40 fantasy points for sure, but I think he's going to drop off uh, relatively significantly. And that's with without even baking in the risk of, I don't know how much he's going to play or where he's going to play. The last one. Whose horse is that? Yeah, it is old horse cock Keldon Johnson. I I don't really see that any of this stuff can continue for Keldon. It was one of those ones where last season, because of what they were doing, tanking for Weminyama and the trade of DeJounte Murray, he took on an outsized role. 33 fantasy points, 33 minutes, and a 28% usage for Keldon Johnson. The season before, he was at 21.8. The season before, 19.6. He scored, much like Kelly Oubre, he scored 22 points a game. Like, very good scoring numbers. They weren't efficient in the slightest. He generated 0.7 steals and 0.9 blocks and under three assists despite having the ball in his hands that much. And there's just no way that 
so many of these things are continuing. Now, you could make a valid argument about Calvin Johnson that he will start and play 33 minutes a night and be the leading usage player on this team. I would disagree with all of those things, but you can make a valid argument about it that say, well, he's their best player. I firmly disagree. Um, and he is their number one scoring option. Again, I firmly disagree, but you can make that argument and you can have that idea. But him being a 28 usage player on a team that should get more games out of Devin Vassell will have a second year Jeremy Sohan. And yeah, has Victor Wembanyama. Now, Wembanyama is not going to be a 30 usage guy straight up, but he's going to be doing more usage than Jakob Pertl and Zach Collins were in that forward spot or even Jeremy Sohan starting. And Johnson's got the risk of not playing 33 minutes and playing 29 or playing 30 and coming off the bench and not maintaining 28 usage. Oh yeah, by the way, for category leagues, even if you look at minus one, he was 137th. His ADP is at 108. There is not a chance in the world that I would draft him here. Now, this is sort of trying to thread the needle because last season for points leagues, he was 68th. Very, very good because, again, he was able to just pile on usage and it went up as the season went on. But I don't see how he does 33 minutes and I say there's no way he does 28 usage and that means he's probably pushing under 30 fantasy points for the season. And they are my top nine fantasy regression candidates for the next season. There are other names that I could have chucked in here. Who do you think they are? Well, I'll give you some of them. DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic. Did it, no sound. What's going on? It's Vucevic. Vucevic. Um, Gordon Haywood, I think, is going to regress. Um, who else is on my list here? Um, PJ Washington. Kelly Olynyk, Monte Morris, Kyle Lowry, just a bunch of other names who are big regression candidates. Double cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. The Cockroach, Mason Plumley, is another one of those guys that I think is going to drop. I've even got someone like an Anthony Davis on this list, or who could who could drop off a little bit from what they did last season. I've even got Jason Tatum suffering a little bit of a dip because of the addition of Kristaps Porzingis. But let me know. Out of those nine players. Would you have someone above them? Which one of those do you disagree with? Oh, another one, Kel- Kelly Linux, another one who could uh, who could uh, suffer significant drop off. Who would you have as your top regression candidate? What do you agree with or disagree with on this show? And follow this podcast: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. Is Vucevic, is big Vucevic, Vucevic.